Welcome to Elevate Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message. Here's our very special guest from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida, Pastor Chris Sarno. If I ever took a loss, I learned a lesson. I won't ever think I'm better than the next man. I've been down before to come up, I ain't stressing. Baby, I'm too busy counting all these blessings. Blessings. Count it up, count it up, count it up. Count it up, count it up, count it up. Count it up, count it up, count it up. Blessings. Count it up, count it up, count it up. Count it up, count it up, count it up. Count it up, count it up, count it up. Blessings. Well, I don't want to take up any more time because we have a very special guest with us in the house, and Pastor Chris Sarno has been a huge blessing to us over the years. We've known him now for about 15 years since we were living in Florida. Him and his wife, Liz, pastor a great church in the Daytona Beach area, and uh, he's originally from New Jersey, okay? So if you hear a little bit of Sopranos coming out in him, that's what that is, and if you never uh, have... Uh, been in one of his services. Uh, we were going to hand out seat belts on the way in, and hopefully you've done some calisthenics in your mind because it's going to take something for you to keep up with him. Amen. But I promise, if you do, God's going to do something significant in your life. And uh, the reason we have him come and impart to the church is not just because he's my friend. I have a lot of friends that I don't let come preach here. Amen. And that's a true story. Uh, We have him come in because every time he comes, God shows up. And every time he just lets the prophetic gift flow and just lays hands, God ministers to different people. So uh, we're going to have a time for that as well towards the end. But I want you to open up your hearts and stand on your feet right now and welcome Pastor Chris Sarno. Well, praise the Lord. You guys are on your feet. Let's lift our hands to heaven. Amen. It's such an honor to be here. Let's just pray for a minute and we'll talk about how awesome your pastors are. Father, I just thank you, Lord, because you're so good to us and you're so faithful. And today's the day you've made and you've got, you've got something for us. You've got impartations and revelation and you got you got something just to deposit in our spiritual life and we're excited for it and we're going to get all of it because god wants us to get all of it amen so father we just thank you right now holy spirit have your will have your way people in this building they got real needs and you love them and you want to meet every need they have and i know father that we just got to get out of the way and let you be you so father we just thank you in advance for what you're doing And Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come supernaturally. We're just going to surrender. We're just going to allow you to just come into this house. Magnify yourself. Thank you, Lord, for speaking right now to the people. Bringing answers and bringing solutions. Burdens are being lifted right now. God's getting ready to do something new. Heaviness is being removed. Freedom is just being released. And God, as you get ready to do this new thing, something new in the spirit, 
something new in our life. Thank you, Lord. Even right now, I really feel like people are making spiritual adjustments in their relationship with God. Thank you, Father. We're just reaching in and we're making those adjustments to be the best, best believer we can be, worshiping you and seeking you. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for just, just refreshing us right now. We thank you, Lord, for just empowering us internally. Thank you, Father. Everything we do is going to glorify you, and thank you for blessing your people. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, and everybody said amen, amen. amen. Well, praise the Lord. Why don't you greet your neighbor real quick? Just say hey. But, man, we love your pastors, man. And I, I want you guys to put your hands together for these guys. I'll tell you what, you guys got some of the best, I'm telling you. It's really, come on, clack louder than that. That's weak. Are they not? Man, they really are. I know. Make sure, make sure you keep them in your prayers, man. It ain't easy pastoring you people. You know that, right? You know half the people in here, right? You're like, man, I don't know how they do it. But, no, these guys love you. They carry you in their heart. You know, even when Pastor Sergio will come um, to see us. You know, believing in the dream that you guys are doing here is awesome. And, you know, I know their first priority is you. And, you know, not a lot of times in, you know, like Pastor Sergio says, you got a lot of friends in ministry, but not a lot of, not a lot of people you want to exemplify your life <laughs> about, you know. And I know they care about you guys so much and carry you and really believe. And, you know, I, I know it's so important. You, got, you guys got a real genuine, authentic work. And uh, that's, that's important. Amen. So, man, really just give those guys some props. I'm going to come down there. I'm going to stay in my, my range so I can stay in the camera, I promise. But I just came to drop this word on you. I really believe I'm on an assignment. I believe, you know, that you know, we'll get it all out and get it over to you. We started in this morning because I've been, I've been really sitting in, you know, like a year ago or whatever it was we were supposed to come before all this pandemic stuff and life and everything. I was really believing God that there's another level that I've really been carrying in my heart for where we've been going. You know what I mean? And I knew we were coming and I didn't know exactly. And then, you know, I just, we had to sit on it and wait and then I got messed up and it's all good. But I knew this word was for, for you guys. And sometimes in life, you're really practical for the moment. I really felt I'm gonna be ahead of, of, ahead of it for a little bit. Where like, I'm gonna release something that you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna move into. I really believe God's doing something new. Um, I don't know how to, you know, there's a lot of things. Me and my wife talk like this all the time. You know, it's like it, the Holy Spirit is like you see and you know, but you really don't see with physical eyes and you don't know anything. You just, you just got a knowing. You got a, I know something new is getting ready to happen. I can't explain the details of it, but I just know what's happening. And I really feel like it's, we're going to release it and you guys are just going to smash right into it and just really carry it and go. So I might be a little bit ahead of time, but I know I'm on time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Amen. Like it might be like some people like, oh, I don't know. You're going to grow into it. Not that you're not. We all grow into seasons. You know what I'm saying? And what it is, I really believe this blessing, this blessing is really going to empower you to get to where you're going in your life. And I think it's very, very important that, you know, we, we really like really just grab it today and just eliminate the things that could stop you from receiving what I'm going to say. 
That's really important because, you know, we go to church and like, yeah, I know, but my, my situations, my circumstances, we got to lose all that stuff because the only thing you need is faith. You know, I was telling them, I was telling them in, in the morning service, you know, and then, oh, yeah, you, that, you got that slide. There's a slide. We got resources. I didn't bring the books, but there's a slide. If you pop that up there, that might be great. And when you get a chance, I know it's, I'm dropping that on you quick. There's a slide. You can get the app, and I, I know it's cool. You can go on the app, get the app. The app, I send you a notification, and, and that's, that's just to encourage you guys. You guys are in this house. You stay. You do what you're doing. You know, you know where to get fed. I'm, a, I'm, like, I'm like a supplement. You know what I mean? But the app is like, it's really good because what it does is it allows you to get the resources. And there's a coupon code on that thing like for 15% off. Yeah, anything on the resources you want, you guys get 15% off. The book's there. The book will change your life. The Holy Spirit book is really good. The faith book is, is, is going to help you with your faith walk. So if you want to know things about the Holy Spirit, the resources are on there. Yeah, there it is. It's special for you guys. Elevate life. There's a discount because we love you guys. But the resources are really going to help you. So you go there. You get it. I don't know how to do any of that stuff. If you got questions, ask my wife. I, I get it. But it's cool. But the thing that's cool about the app is I try to daily encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. You know what I mean? That's what I know my job is, to encourage you to rock and roll and do this. But the books are there and all that stuff's there. So if you want it, get it. It's a supplement to your life. But why I wrote the book was this. I was traveling all around the world. You know what I mean? Really, thanks be to God. And I was going places and I was looking at people like waiting for promises to come to pass. And God's a good God. You know what I mean? And we all know this. But I was like, man, people are waiting and think time's going to change it. And, and this is going to change it. And that's going to change it. And I was like... If they don't have faith for it, faith, then you can't change anything. Because time changes nothing. That's why I understood. Time changes nothing. Faith changes time. You know what I'm saying? So we think, oh, it's going to get better. And I was watching people, and it really broke my heart because I was like, I kind of felt like, man, these people are going to be waiting forever, but they don't have the exchange of faith to get God to move because God moves in faith. You know what I mean? And then this was my best thing. And, I, and you guys just keep tracking with me because you guys I got more time with, okay? I'm not going to keep you all day, I promise, all right? But it's like, don't keep us all day. So I won't. But I'm going to keep you for a minute. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. By it, the elders obtained a good report, and we understand that the world was framed by the word of God. Okay? So I'm going. You've pleased God with faith. You walk by faith and not by sight. You protect yourself with faith, the book of Ephesians says. In Hebrews eleven six. without faith, you can't please God. So I was like, okay, well then what's faith? Go in a room, hand out a piece of paper, give a bunch of pens out, and everybody tell me what faith is in this room, and we're going to have probably 50 to 60 different answers about what faith is. Scary that faith is the only thing that pleases God, but we as a church body worldwide cannot identify it. I know what pleases my wife. You know what pleases people, so you speak the language that she receives. Well, God speaks the language of faith. How come we can't clearly identify it? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Okay, great, but what does that mean? So I'm on this quest going, well, what's faith? Because if I don't know, how, how do, here's my question. If I'm believing God for something, but I don't know what faith is, how long do I stand in something? I don't know if I got it. And now what I see is life's moving and nothing's moving in some areas of my life. So I think what? 
I must have messed it up, so let me start it all over again because obviously my faith didn't give me the outcome in certain responses that I wanted, so maybe I'm not doing it right or whatever, and we start the process all over again. So now I'm going, this is great, because what do we do? We believe, and then we hang on for a while, and then we don't see nothing happen. We think, well, maybe we missed it, and that's why we, right? But the Bible says this, believe, to believe when we receive when we pray. Mark eleven twenty three and 24, right? Whosoever shall say into the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe whatsoever he says shall come to pass. He will have whatsoever he says. 24 says, and when you pray, believe you receive. Right? So if you believe you receive when you pray, why are we praying the same prayers over and over? So I started asking myself some serious questions. I'm not trying to like, you know, do no Jedi mind tricks on you in here. You know what I mean? It's like, but I'm trying to get you to think like, okay, well, we better be able to clearly identify what faith is because if faith is what pleases God and it's my exchange with heaven, I don't know whether I'm in it or not. Because I don't have a problem waiting if I know I'm in it, but what if I'm waiting and I'm not there? Then I can't change my life. So that's why we wrote the book. I wrote the book because I felt like, man, if we don't help, because I had to know what it was. So you rip it apart. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm coming at you like this angle because I want you to see this. We're going to get faith for what we're going to hear today. Otherwise, we're going to reject what we hear. And if we reject it, it can't do what it wants to do. Because you got to understand something. Let me show you something here. This is really cool. The blessing is every area of your life. Okay? That's what Jesus came back to get. Okay, Adam had the blessing on him. It was the blessing was the Eden-like condition. And that's what I want to just release it here today. And I'm going to do it in the atmosphere, and it's going to stay in this house. Because I'm on assignment. Like, I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to the room. I'm talking to the body. I'm talking to stuff you're going to step into. That's why it's a little bit ahead, but it's going to be right on time. Because you got to really, you see, the toiling days are over. Now, you better catch that. Because the toiling days are over. When the blessing kicks in, the toiling's over. Now, let me show you what happens. Now, what do you mean? To, see, we've got to put faith in this blessing. You see this? You've got to do it in your life. The blessing is the empowerment for me to prosper. It's the key to me go back to the Eden-like condition I had in the garden. Does that make sense? That's a blessed life. That's the life God wants you to live. Okay? Now, you got that? That's, that's ability to prosper. That just ain't wealth. That's prosper in your mind. That's prosper in your body. That's prosper in your family. That means every area of your life. That means this is a whole new life. I'm living the blessed life. Now, the blessing is the empowerment for me to prosper in every area. You got that? How many want, how many want to prosper in every area of your life? You want to prosper in your mind. You want to prosper in your marriage. You want to prosper in your kid. It's a whole new life. Okay? Now, here's the thing. We, we had it in the beginning, but when Adam... So you only know Adam got deceived in the garden. He gave it up, high treason. All of a sudden, man is in the fall because of Adam's mistake. Jesus has to what, come and change everything Adam did. Well, Jesus didn't get in the earth until Abraham had faith. He couldn't get in the earth, okay, until Adam, Adam messed it up, but Jesus came and fixed it. That's why I was telling him in the morning, sir, why do you think we call Jesus the second Adam? Because he came and fixed what the first Adam messed up. But I was telling them in the morning, there's only, see, there's the, in, in the world we live in, there's either, there's two races of mankind. It's called Adam or Jesus. You're either in one body or in the other. It's really simple. Christianity simplifies the things that people argue about in the earth in minutes. It's simplified because you're either in one or the other. You understand it? And if you're in Christ, what happens is this. You understand that this blessing is on my life. Now, here's what you got to get. 
You've been born into this thing. So you're not qualified by anything you really do. You're qualified by what you've been brought into. And now here's the keto. Why doesn't it work? Now here's where I wanted to get them. You got to have faith for it. Because if you don't have faith for it, you can't activate what God gave you. I don't know what I have access to until you show it to me. Once you show it to me, it's my job to kind of stand up and stay in there and what? Fight for it in my faith. Does that make sense? Because this earth's going to try to tell you that ain't for you. This earth's going to try to tell you, not you. What do you mean, not me? Don't you know who I am? Now, I'm not elevating you based upon this arrogance. I'm elevating you based on a position that God gave you. But the church wants to sit back, you know, lay back, take it easy. You don't want to fight for nothing. You better fight for something. If God wants you to have it, the devil wants to keep you from it. Somebody's got to stand up with faith and take it. Amen. You got to get that swagger back just a little bit, church. The church is getting too quiet and too silent because it's being like, like a little bit, you know, like little, little, you know, like a little powder puff, little pablum puppeteers like, oh, I can't say that. I can't say this. Hush, we ain't going to say nothing bad, but you know what I'm talking about. You got to stand up for faith. You got to stand up for the word of God. You got to stand up for what you got to stand up for. You can't be, you ain't no politician. Come on. I'm not here running politics. I work for a kingdom and there's a king in there. He doesn't really care about my opinion. This is not a democracy. Hello? I work, this is it. It's the word of God. So if you, it's there and it's yours, go get it. Don't wait for it. You got to go get it. Amen. Get it with your faith. Say, if the Bible says it, we say, well, God said it. The Bible got it. I believe, blah, blah, blah. Well, go fight for it then if you believe it. Push for this thing. Get this thing. Why not you? Come on, man. Don't put it in the book if you don't want me to preach it, Jesus. Don't put it in the book. Why do you think the burden of proof is on you? The burden of proof is on Jesus. He's the one who said it. You didn't say it. I'm just receiving it. Amen. Receive this thing. So I'm telling you, God wants you blessed. Now, he's trying to get back on you with Adam messed up. That's what you got to get. But guess what? Adam messed up the position God wanted you to have. So let me ask you a question. This is the condition we started out in, but when man fell, we lost that position. But I got a question for you. When Jesus came and reconnected us to the position, don't we get the same blessing we were supposed to have in the beginning? You better believe it. But here's the thing. We got an unrenewed mind. The church thinks we're supposed to live in this little, this little small little box of Christianity. Like, who you think you are? What do you try? What do you mean who I think I am? I think I am what he said I am. I think I can do what he said I can do. I think I can believe what he said I can believe. Come on, you got to activate this thing in activation. And notice that if God wants me to be blessed in the city and blessed in the field and blessed when I come and blessed when I go and I what, be the head and not the tail above and above. Man, now, uh, is he just talking about prosperity? No, I'm talking about your mind. I'm talking about your family. I'm talking about your marriage. I'm talking about your kids' kids. I'm talking about that blessing empowers the whole house to prosper. Amen. You say, well, you don't know my family. Well, time out. You don't know your God. Come on, man. He's bigger than what you're facing. He's bigger than what you're seeing. He's bigger than it. But here's the thing. You got, you got to have faith for it. This way, it, it allows you not to live in tolerance of things you don't have to tolerate. But here's the problem. When the blessing shows up, the toiling's over. Now, you got to see this now. Because I'm going to show you this, right? Because this is really good stuff. This is what I saw. Okay, this will help you. I started reading, and we're not going to go there. We'll stay right here. But in, in, in the gospel account of Luke, when Jesus explains to Peter to throw the nets, it changed my life. But you really got to get this. This is really cool. And you guys will love this. So I'm reading the story, and Peter goes, and he said, you don't know the story. 
He fished all night. He catches no fish. And he goes, this is beat. And Jesus finds him and says, take your nets and throw them over there. And y'all know the story, net, nets, all that stuff. Great. And he throws them in there and he catches a catch that's so big, he cannot even capture it. He calls his partners. His partners come and he goes, man, this is huge. But then when Peter's done, you know what he says? He goes, he repents and goes, bless me, I'm a sinful man. I said, what's wrong with this guy? He's got a boat full of fish. He catches another boat full of fish, but why is he repentant? And I caught it. And pastor, you're going to love it. I said, I see it. Peter, number one, threw a net. We understand that. Peter had a problem. You know what Peter's problem was? Number one, he did not recognize the instruction, and he didn't recognize the moment in time. He missed it. And I seen it. And this is where, this is where I, I never understood good, good ground a day in my life until there. Everything Peter could believe in the moment of instruction and everything Peter could... In, in following instruction and understanding a moment, he hindered the people around him. Why he understood he was a sinful man in a mess, even though he had fish, he affected everyone connected to him. And I seen it for the first time in my life. Good ground is the person that you go before that is not limited by restriction of a moment in time and an instruction before them. They understand how to navigate it. You, I can hinder your future by my inability to see yours. You have to train yourself to when people come into your presence, you have the greatest capacity of your life to make their dream come true and not be the hindrance of what you cannot conceive in your own concepts of life. I seen it. Why was he nervous about it? You know why? He knew he limited other people around him. If he would have thrown a million nets, there would have been a million fish, could have touched three million people. He limited what God can do because he couldn't understand a moment and he didn't understand the instruction within it. So you're, that's good ground. Good ground is the God that has no limitation because he has a capacity to believe anything. He's not limited. You're not limited. You're prepared for the moment. So Peter comes out and I looked at it and I seen it. I said, well, what's the matter with the guy? He says these words. He says, you don't understand. So he says, we fished all night. NIV translation says, we're not going to go there. Just trust me. I know what I'm doing. You don't want me fixing your roof, changing tires in your car. I ain't no good at that. This I'm okay at. Trust me. He said this. He says, we've toiled all night. Peter said, we've been toiling all night to prosper and nothing's happened. You know what Jesus said? He said, the blessing just showed up. Throw the net. You know what Jesus was telling him? I don't care if you take that net and throw it on concrete. Fish will come up out of the water and they'll get in the net. You don't understand what you're working with here. This is a different kind of power than fishing. This is the blessing. If I tell you to do it, do it. And if you do it, the fish will come. He didn't understand the moment, couldn't recognize the moment, didn't understand how to follow the instruction in the moment. But most of all, you want to know what key is? This is the cool part. Check this out. Peter stood in there knowing this. He's saying, listen, he said, if I, I didn't follow it, I didn't do it, and I do it. But Jesus said, I'm trying to show you a different way of doing life. It's called life without toil. Write that down. What you mean life without toil? When the blessing kicks in, the toiling's over. When the blessing, you know what he said? He said, what do you mean? He said, we've toiled all night. He said, no, you don't understand. He said, if you can understand the command of what I'm getting ready to do and activate what I said, 
the toiling days are done. How many of you are tired of toiling? How many of you tired of just toiling in your mind? And you've been toiling in areas of your life. You've been toiling in the arena of your finances. You've been toiling in marriage. You've been toiling. You know what toiling means? Hard work and labor. You know when hard work and labor showed up? When man got kicked out of the garden. That was never designed by God. Ain't nothing wrong with hard work. I know a lot of people working hard ain't making no money. Come on, man. I don't mind a hard work. Look, I'm not telling you be lazy, but you could have 19 jobs and work 80 hours a week, amen, and not have no money to show for it. Come on. I'm talking about the blessing kicking in and overriding and what, and what breaking the toil off your life. I'm blessed. You see what I'm saying? When the blessing shows up, guess what? That's when the power of God starts moving around. How many of you are tired of trying to make it happen? How many are tired? Oh, and the church, we the best. Not this church, but you know, you go to church. Oh, run around the building seven times and wall's going to fall down. Spin around 12 times and do the whirly gig and your debt supernaturally going to fall apart. Come on, man. Look, I'm down with it. I'll run through walls. I'll run a ring of fire. I'm all down with all that stuff. But what I'm talking about this is what? I want God to kick in. I don't need my ability without. I can do. I'm going to sit back in the lazy boy and go, let the blessing take over. I don't feel like running through a wall and bouncing off stuff. Let God do this thing. But here's the thing. You got to have faith for the blessing. Now, see, you don't know this. Now, you know this. Some of you know this, but if I don't know it, I don't have no faith for what I don't know. But I'm going to give you faith for this thing. See, here's the thing. I'm a prophet of your moment. I could have talked about anything I wanted today. He gave me liberty. He said, talk about what you want to talk about. You should, be, you should thank them that I came. No, man, I'm being serious. No, listen. Listen, man, I don't care who gets up there. You say it. Listen, I was with Brother Hagen, right? I was with Kenneth Hagen. You know Kenneth Hagen? Kenneth, I was in Raymond. We prayed for this guy to talk. Man, we used to pray. Oh, my God. Go to prayer school, win a Bible seminar. Let the prophet speak. Praying in tongues. I ain't mocking the tongues. I love the tongues. But you know what I'm saying? I'm praying every day for this guy to talk. I said, why are we praying for him to speak? I couldn't understand it. They said, no, 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 you don't understand. If he says something under the unction of the Holy Ghost, man, we prayed for five months before winter Bible seminar, and this guy would say something in the pulpit. Right, Because right. I knew if he said it, we could do it. Yeah. See, that's what it does, man. See, I, I need you to say something. When Pastor Serge and Pastor Tim get here and they speak the word of God when they get up there, you better say, man, hang on. Say, if he said I could be it, I'm going to be it. Yeah. She said I can do it. Praise be to God. I just got capacity. Yeah. I got capacity to become it the minute you spoke it. Ten minutes ago, I couldn't even do it. Now I am it. Come on, that's the anointing, man. That's why you don't go to a church where they just communicate. You go to a church where they revelate. They give you revelation that can change your life to change you. I want to go to church down the street. Some little pulpit puppet pushing pablum. Look, I ain't picking on people. I got them in my town. They all like, well, you ain't like the dude down the street. I said, go down the street. I need the room. Get up out the seat and leave. I'm not arrogant, I'm not mean, but you know, I'm talking about the anointing. Where the devil don't want to show up and the glory of God falls. Come on, man. You want to go, I want to go to country club church and just sit there and be, be excited. No, this is how you get this stuff. This is how you change your life. And I know you want to do it. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not picking on you. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get you there. 90% of you are with me. It's the couple that I got to pull. Come on. Come on with this thing. It's your day to hear. Say, man, if that blessing could bless my family, I want it. If that blessing could change my financial picture, I want it. If that blessing could change that kid around, I, I want it. If that blessing, I, let's put faith. When are we putting faith? I talk about the blessing of Abraham all around the country. People look at me, what's the blessing of Abraham? I, I don't know how we're going to have faith for something we don't know what it is. 
So this is what I was talking about in the morning. I said, Mark chapter 4, right? So I'll give you the quick one, right? Mark chapter 4 is the best chapter in the whole Bible because if you figure out Mark chapter 4, you can figure out how to get everything to work. See, that's what people got to realize. See, he said, take heed what you hear. Okay, let's look at Mark chapter 4. It's up there. He said in them, take heed what you hear for the measure or the value you put on what you hear. You know why you don't value what you say? Because you don't value what you heard. You want to know why people's confession isn't good? See, this is what the people want to do. Change your mouth. No, no, no. Change what you believe. I can't change your mouth till I change what you value. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like people, why do talk people just talk? They don't value what they heard. So if I show you what you need to hear and you value what you hear, you won't talk, you won't talk broke, sick, messed up, doubt, unbelief. You won't talk like that no more. We're trying to go fix your mouth. Nah, 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 nah. I got to get in your heart before I can ever fix your mouth. I got to change your belief system. Once I change your belief system, you ain't going to talk broke. You ain't going to talk sick. You ain't going to talk lack. You ain't going to talk, I can't afford. You better hush your mouth too. Don't say no can't afford around me. Look, I couldn't say that lost. I was lost. My friends would be like, I can't afford that. I said, man, they used to bother me lost. Now save, forget about it. I went to that fancy car. I told my wife one time, I went to the real fancy car dealership. You know, when I didn't, you know, I couldn't, I was, I was definitely just browsing. You know? And I was, like, I was like, you know, because they used to teach us this stuff. Like, go, go to the neighborhood you can't afford and ride around and get the vision of it. I said, okay, praise God. You know, me and my buddies, like, we went on down there, you know, to the fancy car lot. You know, right? We got out. I was nervous getting out the car because I was like, these guys know we don't got no money like this, right? So we got out, you know, and I'm walking around, you know, all cool after church. You know, you got your church clothes on. I was like, I look like I can afford this. Praise God. And the guy, I mean, he pinned me in too. He had me. I was like, I like it. He's like, ooh, you like it? He go, I go, yeah, I like that. That's a bad whip, man. That's a nice car. He's like, yeah, you like it? I said, really like it. He said, well, what are you, what are you thinking? You know, you think you want to get one? And we were like, we were building it up too. You know, talking big. Like, ooh, what's it got? It got all the special leather and all that. Oh, yeah, it got everything, you know. And then he's like, well, what do you think? You want to buy it? What are you going to do? And I was like, oh, great. Now I got to lie, right? Because I'm like lying. So I had to think quick on my feet. I go, uh, I don't know what color I want. I'll be back. Come on, right? That wasn't lying. I had to pick a color. I got one now. <laughs> yeah, I, can't, I got two. Hey, how you like me now? Come on, no. It works. Don't look at me like that. It works. You got to start somewhere, though. I went in there and I like, what? I didn't know nothing about no blessing then. Guess what? I figured out a little something now. Come on. This blessing is waiting for you. It's, not, it's every area of your life. Every area of your life, not just the stuff, it's the mentality. Who you think you are? You're a child of the king, amen? Don't live in humanity. You ain't normal. And don't tell me, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, you are righteousness of God in Christ Jesus looking somewhere to go manifest God. That's who you are. Don't let them tell you. Well, you don't know where I came from. Who cares where you came from? You came from heaven the minute you stepped in Jesus Christ. Step out of you and step into him. And step out. And I told him in the morning, step, so many people deal with their past. Step out of the pain of the past, man. Get out of that mess. I told him in the morning. They said, well, how do you do it? I said, stop thinking about it. Stop talking about it. Stop nursing it, cursing it, and cursing it. Get rid of the thing. You got Because it's robbing your future of time. People don't realize this. It rob, every memory of the past robs my future of time the more I meditated in my imagination side. Memory is what's been done. Can't do nothing about it. Most people live in regret. That's the greatest pain you're ever going to feel is regret. That's why you got to follow instruction. See, people don't realize this. 
At 50 years old, I'm more submitted now than I've ever been in my entire life. It's crazy. You think kids need to be submitted. You realize the older you get, you need to be submitted. But you know, ain't nobody going to tell you, man. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. You know, I'm a man. I'm a man going to tell me what to do. Okay, go on with your rebellious rogue self. See how long that lasts. You don't get nowhere. You can't go nowhere. You got to follow instruction. I'm in a room, right? I'll tell you, can I tell you this? Uh, can I tell you? I'm in a room. I called her up after I was done. I called my wife. I was in a room with some of the top. These guys like owned Orlando. These guys were ballers, man. I could not believe the intention in this room. These guys were a million times smarter than me. I said, what in the heaven? They tracked me. They stood. They were all in it. And I said, I cannot believe this. I left the building. I called her. I said, I don't even believe what just happened here. I said, these guys were so brilliant. They hung on every word I said, and I caught it. People, people want wisdom, and people want instruction, and people want to know how to do it, and smart people understand. They don't care. And let me tell you something about Smart people understand this. I don't care how much it costs me to get around it. I don't care how much time it takes. I'm getting it. I got people in my church, they can't even think three blocks down the road. You tell them go left, they go right. You tell them stop, they go forward. I go, I got these people in the room, could change the world right here. They hang on every word and pay attention. And this is what I figured out. People with wisdom are looking for instruction. People that are foolish are running away from it. That's what they're doing. They're like, oh, go this, oh, go the other way. Hey, people that wisdom go, no, tell me what to do because once I follow what you said, my life's off the hook. It's on you now. Ain't that cool? Now, kids, you ain't going to get that. You think like, you know, but I'm telling you, it's better to follow the voice of another than pave your own path and become a prisoner of your past. You don't want to, man. Because you can't. Because let me tell you something about God. You, 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 you don't want to create regrets in your life. Every regret in your life was because of failure sometimes to follow an instruction. So just stay in the lane, man. I can save, I can see mentorship saves you time and money. That's what you got to get, man. That's why you got to stay around something leading you got in. Why am I telling you? Yeah, it's totally right on. Look, that's why I'm going to tell you Mark chapter 4. And he said, what? Take heed what you hear. The problem with people is they don't value what they hear. So they goes in one ear and out the other. And then they leave the room like talking, how in the world did we get there? No, you can't, you can't, you can't, you, you. I was walking into church one day. I walked up the aisle. I was talking about the power of confession. And I heard, I could hear what the people were thinking. Don't worry, I'm not doing that today. Calm down. But I could hear the questions they had. Well, why is it not working? But, but I said, well, you don't value what you hear. Right. A person that doesn't value what they hear could show you what the words in their mouth because they don't value what they speak. Now, we understand we got to get to a place of understanding the word first, but then once you find it, you got to follow it. You might not know, oh, my God, I shouldn't say that. But once they tell you you shouldn't say it, stop saying it. You didn't value what you just heard. That's why you keep doing it. That's what Mark chapter 4 does. Take heed what you hear because the value or measure you put on it is going to be measured unto you. It's going to come back to you on the value and measure. So what's he saying? He's saying Mark chapter 4. He's saying take heed to the message. Take heed to the word of God. Take heed. Pay attention to what you're hearing. And then guess what it's going to do? Oh, oh, Pastor Sergio said don't talk this mess. And then you were you. Oh, you go out the door. I ain't going to talk the mess. I don't understand it but I don't want to deceive my own heart. That's what James is saying in James. What man looks in the perfect mirror of the word of God, walks away and forgets what man or man he is, he is self-deceived. What does that mean? You read the book, I'm more than a champion. I can do all things through Christ. Greater is he that's in me. You ain't even in the parking lot yet. You like, I'm broke, I'm sick, my marriage is jacked up, 
God Almighty, I'm going to die. My aching back, my jacked up bunion, my neck hurts, my ankle hurts. Oh, my God, I'm getting a divorce. You didn't even leave the park first light. You shot out. Come on, right? Come on, all say, everybody say amen. amen. Come on, look at your neighbor say, you need to repent. Look at your neighbor say, you need to repent. You need to repent. Look at, look at your other neighbor say, you too, you too. Touch your neighbor and tell them today's the day of change. No, <laughs> Come on, right? Isn't it true though, right? It's like, ooh, that was a great message. Three days later, you're getting tried on that word and you're like, boom, God knows what's coming out your mouth. Got to keep your mouth connected to the truth. Otherwise, you know what you do? You're going, yeah, you know what you do otherwise? You're, all right, yeah, I'll show them. No, I'm going to help you. Uh, I'm going to show you this. The devil, okay, because you guys are pulling. The devil only has thoughts, ideas, suggestions. He has no faith. He needs your faith to destroy your future. So he's got thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. That's all he has. He tries to use your faith to destroy your future because he has no faith. So we go slow. See, the more you pull, I hear heaven, and heaven will tell me what's up, and I'll give it to you. Thoughts, ideas, so prove it. Easy. Adam. He knows he can't beat Adam. So he gets Adam to think something different about Adam than God already created Adam to be. Don't you want to be like God? And he said, what? He needed his faith to empower his own defeat. Adam's faith. So he empowered a, he empowered a lie and created his own reality. That's all the devil is not. Thoughts, ideas, suggestions. So See it? So what do you do? So you, what you, the key is this. Don't allow his thoughts, ideas, and suggestions to linger too long in your mind. And the next thing you do, you speak them out of your mouth. Because now here's, here's a good one. You ready? I'll help you, okay? Because you guys are pulling. Thoughts, ideas, and suggestions are not yours. See, every idea that came in your head is not yours. Stop taking them as yours. They're not. This is going to really help people. Because all you people dealing with this mental pressure, I'm going to show you what's going on. Every thought that comes in your mind is not yours. They're looking, they're looking for identification. The only way they find identification is by your beliefs. So when it comes in your head, it's swirling around like a, like a, like a, like a, like a seed in a can. If we shook it, it's banging around in your head. If you throw the seed out the can, guess what? Nothing happens. But if you see, he's wanting your, the seeds in your head to come out of words out of your mouth. The enemy knows once you start speaking those lies, he's implanted this future for you. So thoughts, ideas, and suggestions are coming in your head. As long as you refute the things in your head and don't take ownership. Why are you taking ownership of things that are not yours? They're not your thoughts. See, now why? Now, this is a big question. You ever ask yourself Why? Why do we even get these things? Because the fall of man allowed, let me explain something to you. The fall of man allowed reason to enter into the earth. You want to write that down? I'll explain it. The fall of man let reason enter into the earth. There was nothing but yes with God. But when Lucifer showed up in the garden, reason showed up, and so did compromise, and so did, I'm going to show you what. Reason, compromise, and free will. God never wanted you to have free will a day in your life. It's baloney. He just wants Yes. Free will showed up when rebellion showed up in the garden. Free will showed up when Lucifer showed up in the garden. God didn't want you to have a choice. He just wants yes. Every relationship you got that's really a lot, the only things communicated is yes. There is no knowing it. See, reason showed up and messed that up. So what the key is this, don't allow your faith to empower your own defeat. 
Because Lucifer's got no, see, the devil's got no plan over your life. He can't do nothing to you. He just give you thoughts, ideas, suggestions. You got a bunch of people running around. That's my thought. That ain't your thought. You know how much crazy stuff comes in my head? <laughs> I don't, I, I identify a filter. You have to identify and filter. If you don't filter the thoughts in your head, you think they're yours. What do you mean they're yours? They ain't yours. That's what the enemy knows, that if I can get it in your head and you meditate on it, you'll sooner or later you'll activate it or you'll believe it about yourself. Remember the children of Israel? Come on, guys. They think they're grasshoppers. They didn't say nothing. They just thought it. Everybody's seen the reflection of their mental picture, not just the words in their mouth, how they were carrying themselves. We're like grasshoppers. Who's telling you this? Who in the world's telling you like a grasshopper, bro? Come on, right? They're like, well, this is who we are. Where'd that come from? That's what the enemy knows. If I can get that thought, idea, and suggestion in your head, this is what he's saying. Take heed what you hear. In your ear, in, the, in, in, in your mind, what's coming in, take heed. Man, you got to filter. Otherwise, you deceive yourself. He goes, what man or man? Looks in that mirror of the word, come out, walk out, I'm broke, I'm sick. The Bible just told you you're blessed and highly favored. Now you broke, sick, and dying. Look, it's funny, but guess what? You can't get there all the time because what you'll do is this. You'll start living this lifestyle of hearing the word of God and being a forgetter before you hit the door. It's the church worldwide. It's not just here. It's me. It's you. Come on, man. When the pressure shows up, that's when the truth rises up. Now we're going to get in this blessing thing, right? So he said, take heed what you hear in Mark chapter 4. Why do we not understand it? That bothered me. He said, well, the word of God is sown in their hearts. Immediately comes Satan and takes away the word that was sown in their heart. How's the, how's the devil getting the word sown in your heart? Out of the abundance of the heart, let the mouth speak. Y'all know these scriptures. I'm not going to keep you long. Just stay with me. We don't have understanding. Why do we not have understanding? Because you need accumulation of truth, not just one truth. Yeah. Write it down. Out of two or three witnesses, let everything be established as the truth. Go get more truth. Yeah. And don't care how much truth you got to get to believe it. Because right. faith is simply what you believe. We talked about that. We talked about it. We could do a faith seminar one time. I should, I, I should do one. Do one for you guys or whatever. Faith seminar is easy. Faith is simply what you believe. So your belief is your faith. See, people don't know what it is. Jesus used faith and belief interchangeably all throughout the Bible. He told Thomas, he said when he came in the room, he said, don't be faithless, be believing. Thomas said this. He said, unless I could take my finger, stick it in the nail prints of your hand, thrust my hand in your side, I will not believe. Jesus sees him after eight days and says this. He said, don't be faithless, but be believing. Take your finger, stick it in my palm print. Stick it in my side. He said, no. He said, don't be faithless, be believing. Jesus used faith and belief interchangeably all throughout the Bible. What is faith? It's simply what you believe. You want me to see your faith? You show me what you believe. I'll show you your faith. That's what it is. Clearly identify it. Make it simple. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. What in the world does that mean? What does that mean? Now simplify it. Faith is what you believe. Your beliefs are your faith. How do I know what you believe? That's on you. You got to figure out what you believe. Your belief should be based upon truth. But I got news for you. A lot of people believe in a lot of stuff ain't based on truth. It's based on what they think's in their head. And that's what happens is the word of God comes and this is what we do. How fa how, remember I told you in the morning? Faith comes by and hearing by what? How fast does faith come? I'm going to work your mind now. It's okay, though. This is my job. This, this is why you bring me. How fast does faith come? Huh? As fast as you can hear. How fast does faith go? Well, I never thought about the going side of faith. I thought it just stays around forever. 
Faith is gone the minute you reject it. That's why you got to hear again. Because faith is now. And if it ain't now, it ain't faith. See it? So you can't stack up faith in a doggy bag and bring it home for later. It's either right now or not happening. See, this is what's important for people because they like, think, like, oh, and then we do, well, my faith isn't there. I got little faith. I got baby faith. I got giant faith. And then we taught the size of faith, which is foolishness as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. What do you mean the size of faith? What, do you got enough faith for a hangnail and now you got to go get cancer? You got to go get a bucket full of faith? No, faith is not, faith is not a container. Faith is an obtainer. Faith reaches in and pulls it. It's not a container. How you got great faith? The Roman centurion's a one-time hearer, and the guy's got great faith? Give me a break. The guy's walking with Jesus looked like dunces compared to this guy. Come on, right? And he said, you got great faith? He's a one-time hearer. He doesn't even know it's the will of God to heal his servant. And now this guy's got great faith? Why? Because this guy heard and what? Understood authority and said, if this guy says it, it's Mark 4. This guy says it, it's as good as done. Because I'm a man under authority. I know if I tell somebody go, they go. And I tell them to come, they come. He understood authority. And authority was what? To submit yourself to that word. That's what he's trying to get you to see. The faster you get submitted to the Bible, the faster your life's going to change. Now you're going to get uncomfortable here because I, I want it my way. You don't get it your way. That's the promises of God. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says the promise of God tried Joseph's character. Yeah, it did, man. The promise of God tried his character. See, God's not, God can care less about your comfort. He wants your character to go to a new level. He ain't worried about, are you comfortable? God's like, no, where's your character at? He's working that character because those promises make you sure and steadfast waiting for the truth. Is that okay? So that's like a mini version of where Mark 4 is taking you, but it's taking you somewhere if you could reach in there and pull it. And that's what he said in Mark 4, 24, 25. So here's what I want you to see. I want you to understand this blessed thing. So let's, we, we'll make some time because I, I don't know what time you Go to Galatians chapter 3. You need to see this. Go to Galatians 3, 13. We'll skip ahead. You all right? Everybody doing good? Yeah. Am I going too fast? No. Just slow me down like I'm quick. I talk quick. Is it too fast? Too fast. Susie, I'm going to slow it down. <laughs> I'm going to slow it down just for Susie. All right? I'm in my, I'm in my, you guys are still filling me out a little bit. I don't know, you feeling me out a little bit? It's all right, don't, don't worry. I'm like family, man. Just roll with me. It's like revelation. So we're going to go slow for Susie for Galatians 3.13 because I like her. She's just straight up. It's too fast. Everybody else is lying in the back. Like, no, it's good. Everybody in the back's like, I don't even know what this guy said. You want to laugh? You want to laugh? Seriously, my wife will testify this. I had this guy in the church, sat there for months. Guy was there for years, sits there for months, wants to go, us to come over to the house. And I'm like, I don't, I'm, a, I'm down, I'll go to the house. I go to the house later. I'm like, he goes, man, he goes, for six months, he goes, I didn't understand anything you were saying. <laughs> I said, are you complimenting me, bro? Like, what is it? Did you bring me over here for this? Because the food tastes miserable right now. I didn't even eat. What the heck is this? And he said, you know what would happen? I'd be sitting in service. I wouldn't understand nothing that was going on for like six months. And I started noticing like on the car ride home, I would start getting stuff from what you said. Like days later, it would catch up to me and hit me in the head. So I was like, all right, maybe this is still not good. But I mean, I feel, I feel rejected, but I'll get over it. Right? It's like, yeah, I get it in the car ride home. So I was like, all right, so maybe I'll slow it down. Look at Galatians 3.13. It says, Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law. Okay. Being made a curse for me. For cursed is everyone that is hung upon a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive this promise of the Spirit through faith. 
Look at God. He said this. He said, Christ, so wait a minute. The blessing that Abraham came on me and you when he went on the cross. That's what he's saying. What's the first thing he said? Jesus went on the cross and died for me so I can go to heaven. He did, but there's more than just heaven in that blessing package. He wants to bring you back to Eden. Did you get what I just said? Because he put back what Adam lost, and that was perfect harmony with God. And we got to renew our mind to this, because guess what? The church ain't walking in it. The church will look at you like, you crazy, bro. What you mean? We're all supposed to be there? Every one of us. You see it? It's the blessed Abraham. He said, wait a minute, time. You know what, God? God is so good. You know what he's saying? My kids lost it all because, were you there when Adam messed up? Was anybody in the room there when Adam messed up? Anybody? No. But we all took the fall because of his mess up. Did we all go down with Adam? when Adam, you remember, remember back in the day your fella got in trouble? We all got in trouble. Remember how he rolled? I remember being in places and somebody had to pop off at the mouth. And next thing you know, everybody's in trouble because Big Mouth over there had to open his mouth. And the whole thing's a big... Don't act like y'all that saved. You ain't that saved. Y'all got that one friend. Look, they're pointing out. Like, that's you. I like that. that that's all I say. Yeah, amen. Yes, amen. You opened your mouth, got me in a fight over there at Costco because you got mad during quarantine. I was ready to hurt somebody during quarantine. How about you, right? My wife couldn't take me out in public. I'm a mess. I got the mask. I'm cool. I'm down with rules, but I didn't know what to do, man. I got the cart, and I was like, the guy looked at me at the bacon aisle, and I was over there like, I don't know. You go. I go. How does this work? And then the, the, the circles, I was like, are we supposed to jump in the next one? Like, what are we, is this how we go around? What do we do? And people look at you like, God forbid you cough. Like, oh, God, you got to go. We were on planes. Oh, my God. This lady had a face shield and a thing, and I'm down. But she getting mad at me because I didn't have the face shield. I said, lady, mind your business. Stay in your own little hazmat suit over there. Yeah, no, I had a guy. She ain't kidding. I ain't kidding. First month. I pull up in the airport, guy had the white union with the zipper thing, with goggles and gloves. I said, bro, unless you're going to a Halloween party, you taking this way too far. I'm down, I wanna be safe, I don't want you breathing on me neither, but that's a little extreme. Okay, so we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it right. But look, man, sometimes the world will just be messed up and we need a little bit of help. So Galatians 3.13, ready for this? The curse got taken off to put the blessing on you. You see this? Why did Jesus go to the cross? To take the curse so he could put the blessing back on you. So were we there when Adam jacked it up? No. But we all fell when Adam jacked it up. Guess what? Were you there when Jesus went to the cross? No, but we all got in the blessing party when he went to the cross because just like the first guy jacked it up, the second guy fixed it all. And now we got to go back to the mentor. We got to renew. You got to renew your mind to the blessing. You got to renew your mind. Uh, I'm just supposed to be. No, the blessing doesn't allow me to stay there. The blessing said, what's the blessing? It's Deuteronomy 28. We're going to go there in a minute, but I need you to get this revelation. What did he do? He took the curse off you to put the blessing back on you, which means what? I'm blessed. What's blessed? Empowered to prosper in every area of your life. Start the business, go start the business because you're empowered to prosper. Go do this, get the promotion. Yeah, you're empowered to prosper. You the one? Yeah, you're empowered to prosper. You the next guy in line for promotion? Yeah, you're empowered to prosper. This is a mentality that you put faith in, and then the faith in the promise 
takes the toiling out of it and lets the blessing kick in. And then favor hits your life like it never hit your life before because it's not what you can do, it's what he did. And now you put faith in the message of the blessing and now the blessing starts working production in your life. And it doesn't have no toil because guess what? There ain't no toiling with faith and there ain't no toiling with this blessing. This blessing produces the results. So look at this, right? Then we pray for some people in the here. Look at, this is Deuteronomy 28, yeah, all right? And this is what it was, Deuteronomy 28, 1. We all right on time? Yeah, I don't, yeah. Look at, you see this? So what did he do? On the cross, he took the curse. What did he give you? The blessing of Abraham. What was the blessing of Abraham? He was the first guy to believe God for promise. So remember when God came and he said, who's going who's to believe me in the earth? He went to Abraham. I don't know why he picked Abraham. He picked Abraham. He said, can you believe me? Abraham said, how's this going to be? Come on. See, you know what's funny about God? He went to the worst case scenario to find a guy to believe him. Because it takes faith. That's another thing, too. Stop trying to figure out how he's going to do it. Just believe he can. That was Abraham all day. He's, he's old. Her womb shot out. And he's like, go have a kid. He's like, how in the heaven am I going to have a kid? This don't make no sense. We're, physically, this ain't going to work, bro. You know what I'm saying? They ain't got that good of medicine to make this thing turn around. Come on, somebody, amen. That was funny. You should laugh. Lighten up. Come on, right? And they're like, how are you going to do this, right? Abraham's like, I'm going to father many nations. You, you're 100 years old, bro. You ain't going to have no father nothing, right? But what do you do? God went into an impossible situation and gave him the promise of God, and the promise of God produced the miracle. And Isaac shows up. But here's what you got to see. What did he do with Abraham? He said, Abraham what? He said, believe him. He came to Abraham, and Abraham didn't understand. You read Genesis 12. He, Abraham leaves his kindred, his land, his tribe. 13, he keeps going. 12, 13, 14, 15. He shows up in, 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 in the first chapter, and he goes this. He goes, I'm El Shaddai. I'm the God who can do anything. Amen. Abraham still can't believe him. He's got questions. Prove it to me. Come outside. Look at the stars in the sky. He's got question after question after question. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 4, that eight, you, want, you want to see that? You want to see it in Romans chapter 4? Romans chapter 4, and then we'll go to Deuteronomy because you can see it. Because I'll show you how to get a promise. You go, to, go to Romans 4, 16, please. King James will be great. He goes, that's 17, he goes to this God who quickened the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were. But Romans 16 talks about the grace of God that Abraham received. I'm going to show you how to get a promise to come to pass. Look at Romans 4, 16, and then we'll, go to, we'll read that. We'll do this Deuteronomy, and we'll go, let you go home. But, Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. Now, let me show you what this grace. You know, a lot of people talk about grace. I'm down with grace. Grace, grace is already the package provided through redemption. Grace, redemption, I don't have a problem with none of it. Faith accesses what grace already provided. Did you get it? That's all, you gotta still have faith. Grace provided it, redemption, forgiveness, it's all part of the redemption package. It's all part of God's grace because he's seen man slip and fall, but it all takes faith to activate. Faith activates what grace provided. That's all you do. You get that? Yeah. So your faith goes, I accept it. God goes, good, grace already provided it. But you still got to have faith for it, otherwise you can't even accept what grace has done for you. God's finished work of grace cannot be in effect in your life until you receive it by faith. You'll keep denying it. Even though it's there. Does that make sense? Redemption, the whole thing is all planned by God. It was his idea, not mine. All you got to do, your faith activates what grace provided. That's why faith is easy when you figure it out. All you got to do is believe. It was God's idea. Look at this right here. 
Therefore, it is of faith that it may be grace to the end of promise might be sure to seed. What's that same promise? That's the same promise we talked about in Galatians 3.13 and 14 where he said the promise of the Holy Spirit was the promise. If you read all of Galatians 3, you know what he's saying? The seed, not seeds, seed, one seed, the one Christ. The Holy Spirit, the one promise we all receive by faith that procreates every promise you got from God. Which means this. If you got the, remember how, how in the world can God tell you every scripture in the Bible is yes and amen, you can have it. He's telling everybody in the room, yes and amen, yes and amen, yes and amen. He didn't talk about your faith, yes and amen. Because we all have the Holy Spirit as a believer that could create every promise God gave you if you can believe it by faith and hold on to it and manifest it with the words of your life. That's what he's saying. That's why he didn't say seeds as many, but the one seed to Christ. Did you pull this in? You know what I'm saying? That's the same promise he's talking about here in Galatians 3.14. You see it? Same promise. Look right here. Now I got to get here. To the faith of Abraham, but to also which is of the faith of Abraham. Here we go again. He's talking about how he got it to come to pass. Watch this. As it is written, I have made thee the father of many nations, but for whom he even believed, even God who quickened the dead and called those things which be, called those things which be not as though they were. Now there's another whole sermon and a half. I'll leave that up to Pastor Sergio. You got to call things that be not as though they were. Look, let me, can I give you, can I give you a nugget? I call them million dollar nuggets, man. It'll change your life. Want, you want me to give you, I'll give you a nugget. You ready for it? Why you keep looking in the scene realm to see if faith's working when God already told you faith don't work in the scene realm? Everybody trying to look in the scene realm, tell me whether your faith's working. Guess what? Your faith don't work in that realm. When it shows up in this realm, faith's finished. Did you catch that? Yeah. You gonna pull me in, man? Yeah. You close. You didn't pull me in yet, though. You gotta pull a little harder than that. You gotta pull me all. The, you pull me in. The gift will boom and will go. You gotta pull me in. I'm trying to get you to see it. What did he just say? Check it out. Did you did you get that? Yeah. Did you get what I said? Yeah. Do you see it? Yeah. Do you see it? Faith does. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith doesn't work in the seen realm. It works in the unseen realm. And when it shows up in the seen realm, it's finished its job. It's done. So why do you constantly look in the seen realm where faith does not work to tell me whether your faith is working or not? I don't. Okay, break it down, preacher. I don't see my situation getting any better. I guess my faith ain't working. I don't see my circumstances getting any better. I guess my faith ain't working. I don't see the church. Blah, 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 blah. I don't guess my faith thing. I don't see this working. I don't. Who cares what you see? You got to start calling those things that be not. As, man, everybody wants to play Christianity. Who wants to actually be a Christian? Come on, Come on man. This is how you do it. I'm not saying you. Oh, oh, just tell me something. Communicate something. This is how you get it to work, man. You got to call things that be not as though they were. Your friends are going to think you're nuts. That's why I don't tell your friends nothing. Stop trying to explain to the guy at work that we're calling things that be not as though they were. He looks at you like you've got marbles in your head. Come on, man. It's okay to be a witness, but don't go sharing everything with your friends that got no faith and they're messing you up, making you think you're crazy. I'm preaching real good right now. Nobody amen to me. Well, I want to share my dream with you. You better hush your mouth. Share your dream with people that can't dream? Come on, man. Go tell your pastor was up. They got faith for you and then go and believe you know what you're doing. Look at this. I, I preach all day. You know it's right. Come on. 
See what he said there? Call those things. How many of you calling those? No, you know what you're doing? You're calling it the way you see it. Mmm. Yeah, we ain't. Oh, tell me what you see. No, 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 no. Tell me what you show me. Speak what you believe. Don't talk about what you see. We all talking in it now. I'm telling you, man, you see it? Call things that be not as though they were. You're going to start talking in a different pl platform, man. People look at you like, what? You know, they're all talking about, this is what I see. Nah, bump that. Call it that be not as though they were. According to that which is written. That's what he told me. He said, Abraham, I told you to speak what was written about you. Yeah, that's all God talks about you. Can I, can I share something? You ready for this? You got to keep me on a timer because I'll go all day. Just tell me when I'm done. Now, I'm trying to set people free in here because you're, you're, some of you are stuck. Some of you are stuck to a stigma in a time of life, and the time of life and the stigma you're stuck in is not who you are. And God, you want know what's funny? Remember when John went to prison? Just what happened. John the Baptist went to prison. You know, I don't know if you know that. He was preaching, got in trouble, went to prison, goes to prison. He freaks out, flips, turns around, and tells him. He says, "Hey, go ask Jesus if if, if 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 he's the Christ." He said, "Sends two guys." He said, "Go ask Jesus if he's the Christ, or do we look for another?" Can you imagine this? This is the guy John the Baptist that told us that he was Christ. He's the guy who told us at the River Jordan when the dove descended, that's the, behold the Lamb of God that's slain for the sins of the world. This joker's got amnesia all of a sudden now because he, he's got pressure. He don't even know if he's Christ. He sends two disciples to Jesus, and he goes like this. He goes, go ask him if he's God. Can you imagine the insult? I would have smacked him in the head because I would have been like, I'm following you, and you're telling me he's God. Now you don't know he's God. Now you got pressure in your life, and now you don't know nothing about what you know, and you're asking me to go down there and ask him if he's Christ? You're crazy. You go ask him if he's Christ. Goes down there and he says, who are, who, John, he's freaking out. He wants to know who you are. He goes, go ask, go tell John, what did he see and what did he hear? This is the best. What I'm going to tell you right now is the best. This is revelation. He said, go tell him, what do you see and what do you hear? And he sends him back. And this is what he does. He turns around to the crowd because there was people there. Jesus. And he starts talking about John. He goes, what did you go to see? Did you come to see a reed shaking in the wind? He said, no, you come to see a prophet. No greater was born in the womb than John. And I caught it. He quoted Isaiah. He didn't just speak his mind. Jesus never says anything about you other than what's only been written about you. He has no opinion about you. He only says what the Bible says about you in every moment of your life. He quoted Isaiah. He went back to the book and the pages that he is the word and went and wrote what Isaiah, he wrote, he spoke what Isaiah wrote about John and said, did you come see a reed shaking in the wind? No, you come see nobody greater of the womb. So your opinion about you, don't fly with God because all he says is what the Bible says about you. So you might not think the way you need to think about you, but start thinking about what the Bible says about you because that's all God's got to speak about you. He's only in agreement what's been written about you, and that's what he's trying to show Abraham. I, according that was spoken was what's been written. So don't think you are who you think you are. You are who he said you are. Come on, somebody. Come on, baby. Come on. Come on. They're trying to look at my track record to tell me who I am. You don't know what's been written about me. They're trying to look at my history to tell me who I am. You don't know what's been written about me. You're trying to lock me in a moment of time. Guess what? I'm a new creature in Christ. I, what? My expiration date is expired from that moment in time. I, my, hey, I've been expired. Praise be to God. My kids love that stuff, right? They pull stuff out of the closet. It's expired. We ate stuff that was expired all my life. Trust me. You eat it. It ain't going to hurt you. Come on, right? It ain't expired. Come on. Guess what? My history's been expired because I'm a brand new creature in Christ. 
Come on. Look right here. Just whip through these because we got to go, right? Even as though they were dead, keep going. Boom. Watch what he does. You got to see this now. Some of you got to pull this in. You can keep going. I know I've got you guys on the, the you're doing great back there. He quickened the dead and called those things that be not as they are who against hope. Look at that. How many got some hope, hopeless situations? Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many according to that which was he stood and was spoken, stay in the written word, so that thy sheets of not being what? Weak in faith, but considered not his own body now dead and a hundred years old dead womb. He said what? He said neither did Dennis of Sarah's womb, but with not being weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. And what did he do? Verse 20, you're going to see it. Keep going. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving God glory. Amen. And when he was fully persuaded what God had promised, he was able to perform. Let me show you. You want to see it? Like, don't think this is weird, but... God can perform what you has been promised when you become fully persuaded. You got to get there. Well, the court is ready. Go to Deuteronomy 28. We're done. Deuteronomy 28.1. So he said, he said, if you'll hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord to observe all his commandments. This is you. This is you. This is the blessing package. Everybody say this. The blessing, the blessing. puts me back in Eden. That's where the glory was. There was no toil. When he kicked Adam out of the garden, he said, now all the days of your life, you're running around like a vagabond and you'll toil. When the blessing kicks back in, there ain't no more toil. You ain't got to figure it out. God will figure it out. You just got to believe. God, you know what God told me one day? He put me in front of something. I said, my God in heaven, that's a lot of money. He said, when did I ever ask you to pay for anything? He slapped me in the head. I said, what'd you say? He said, when did I ever ask you to pick up a check for anything? He said, I never told you to pay for nothing. I told you to believe me. He said, I never put that on you. You just got to believe me. He said, I never asked you to pay for a thing. He said, all you got to do is believe me. I said, man, you're right. It's like millions of dollars. You know, it was blowing my mind. I was like, what in the world? He said, when did I ask you to pay for it? I said, you're right. You never asked me to pay for anything. He said, believe me for it. See, that's why don't limit your mind where you can go because all right, oh, no, I don't have that. Be quiet. Stop, stop telling, stop telling, stop telling stuff on your stuff that ain't got nothing to do with you. Your God got a whole lot more for you. Look at right here. Don't say that stuff. You don't know where God wants to take. Just say, God, say, I believe you. God wants you to have that. I believe it. God can move things. I believe it. And it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken. We're done. Here it is. Here's Deuteronomy 28. This is Galatians 3. And it shall come to pass if you hearken diligently in the voice of the Lord your God to observe and do all his commands which I command thee this day that the Lord thy God will set thee high above all the nations of the earth. Whose idea was that? God's. I didn't ask to be high above the nations of the earth, but if he wants to make you high above the nations of the earth, why not you? Why not you? If he wants to Now, some of you might say, high above the nations of the earth. He might elevate you in the job. Who cares? Take it. He might want to elevate you on the block, move you around town. Who knows? Take it. He might want to move someone. Let, take it. If he wants to, he might want you to be a spokesman for the company. Who cares? Take it. Wherever God is putting your feet, you got the mouth and body to sustain it. Come on, man. Don't want to outdone yourself, out talk. That ain't for me. Be quiet. Look what he says here. Right. And these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. How many of you want to get tsunamied with the blessings of God? The Bible says you ain't going to have room to contain it. You're going to have to go bigger. Who wants to build an addition on the house just for the stuff God gives them? That's part of the package. Uh, uh, there you go. Three patty cakes and one I don't believe it. Come on. Listen, no. That's what he's saying. He's saying what? I'm going to come in every area of your life. I'm going to give you mental peace. I'm going to give you hope. I'm going to. Oh, okay. You know what? 
How many of you got a promise you've been holding on to and it looks like the promise died 20 times over? He's getting ready to, re he's going to resurrect some dead dreams, some dead promises. And you think, well, I got to, you ain't got to do nothing. You got to let the blessing bring it in. You got, I said, come on, boys and girls. You got to let that blessing bring that spouse in. Now I'm getting somewhere. You feel that in the atmosphere, don't you? You gotta, yeah, you're like, oh, I don't know what I got to do. No, you got to let that blessing bring that thing in. You got to let the blessing. You don't know what you need, but God does. Say the blessing of God is going to make me fruitful and multiply. Amen? How are you going to get fruitful and multiply? Guess what? The blessing's going to do it. Come on, look what it says here. I command thee this day. What? The Lord will set the eye. The blessings will come on you, overtake you. If you hearken the voice of the Lord of God, listen to him. Look at verse 3. Here we go. Blessed thou shalt be in the city. You're going to be blessed coming. You're going to be blessed going. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body. That's your kids. Now, you've been letting these little jokers tell you how they're going to serve God and what they're going to do. Bump all that. Next time that little one comes home and gives you a hard time, I'm going to do what I want to do. Look, go, you're the fruit of my body, and you blessed. Be quiet, hush your mouth, and be quiet. I don't hear none of this stuff. You're my, you're my body fruit. I told him in the morning, what do you call it? Body fruit. You're my body fruit. You're going to look at you like you're crazy. Who cares? You're body fruit. Just get over it. you body fruit. Your mama's going to start calling you body fruit. She's going to tell you all this stuff. Just go with it. It's my fault. You can call me up. I'm sorry. I'll take you for ice cream or something. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body. Blessed shall be the fruit of the ground. The cattle. Now, how many of you got cattle? Any of you got cattle? You got any cows? Anybody cow? No. We ain't in Texas. Come on. Catch up. Look, right? We ain't got no cattle. Blessed shall be my job. Blessed shall be my stuff. Blessed shall be my house. Blessed shall be my family. How many of you got sheep? Anybody got sheep? No, you ain't got no sheep. Blessed shall be your bank account. Blessed shall be your storehouse. Blessed shall be this stuff. Blessed shall be all the stuff we talk about. Checks in the mail. Bless. Bless, 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 bless. You got to expect it. You got to put faith in it. You got to every day get up with expectations. The blessing's working for me. The blessing's working for me. Favor's working for me. I'm a complete mess with this. I run around. They'll tell you. I'm embarrassing everybody. I can't care less. Man, the other day, I was in the airport. I was telling you, T.S., we were stuck. We weren't getting out of there. The lady walked up to me. She was, forget it. She was a little nervous. And I was like, and the lady looked up at me, and she said, just come with me. I said, where are we going? Because we were supposed to go just pre, and it got messed up, right? We go, this lady caught in Atlanta an hour and a half of traffic line and walked me. You should have seen these people looking at me. They were like, who in the world are you? I was like, I'm blessed, man. I don't know nothing about this. I didn't say I wasn't rude. I wasn't arrogant. And this lady picked me out, picked us up, and brought us to the front. Man, I got done, right? So Luca was with me, my son. And I said, I left him alone. I said, I said, man, we got around the corner. Because I don't, you know, the lady was there. I said, thank you for blessing me. I'm you're you're a blessing. I was kind. We got around the corner. Man, you should have heard my mouth. Man, we blessed. That's favor. <laughs> the airport people looking at me like I'm lost it. My kids like, you are so embarrassing. Can't go nowhere with you. I was like, bro, your little rear end would have still been in that line if it wasn't for the Lord God Almighty. Bless. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. They're looking at me like, this dude's crazy. I was like, you go wait in that line. You would have went crazy in the line. I'm just happy to get on the plane. Bless. That's the favor of God. There are the people looking at me like, this dude lost it. Don't worry. I said, like, don't worry. I got my mask on. It's all good. Come on. Let's go. You got to, what? He gave glory to God. He get, what did Abraham do? What did Abraham do? You over, you know, you, you curse in your life with the words of your mouth. Nothing good happened from me. I had nothing happening. Blah, 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 blah. 
Get on the blessing side with your mouth. Speak it out of your mouth. I'm blessed. Oh, that's favor. God, that's favor. That's the favor of God. Uh, you know, you start, you start getting used to it, man. It's like an attract. It's like GPS, man. It's like a gravitational magnet. People just find you. Why? Because you're grateful. That's the bless. Uh, I don't care what it. That's the blessing of God on my life. Amen. That's the favor factor. That's the blessing kicking in. I, I got how many? I don't know why I'm doing this. I go praise be to God. I do. That blessing's going in front of you creating an avalanche to overtake you. It's a mentality. Blessed shall be your store. Watch this. Keep going. We done. Blessed shall be the basket. Blessed is going you come. Blessed when you go. I said in the morning service, they laugh. Ain't it good when some people just blessed to go? Praise be to God. May the Lord be between me and thee and may our paths never meet again. Hallelujah. Amen. Right? The Lord shall command. Now, wait a minute now. He said what? He calls thy enemies. The Lord shall cause thy enemies. How many know now this blessing has got me protection? I thought this was just some other thing. No, no, no. The Lord shall cause thy enemies. To, who's going to cause your enemies to be smashed down? God. It shall be smitten before thy face. They come at you one way. They fill seven. All my, that's why I don't, defi- don't defend yourself and don't fight your own battles. Let the Lord fight your battles and defend you. Yeah. Oh, they talking about me. Everybody talking about me. Yeah. Uh, back home, they, they don't, somebody's, I got preachers don't like me. Yeah, they didn't like me. I found out a couple of them didn't like me. I sent them anonymous money. Yeah, yeah I did. I did. I sent, them, I sent them cash from somebody that was going out of town. I said, put it in an envelope. Don't let them know. My wife will tell you how to do it. I keep my heart right. I'm going to use you as a tool to get me to success. Yeah. Yeah, tell me, they were calling up. Said, So-and-so talking about you. I said, oh, really, are they? I said, go get some money. She said, what you doing? I said, put it in an envelope. Don't even have a state date from the state. State it from somewhere else and send it to them. Yeah, man, I got it. I said, I'm going to work you like a, I'm going to get, you ain't going to, yeah, because I'm honoring. I don't want you screwing up my blessing. So I'm going to bless you just to keep myself blessed. It's wisdom. Yeah. Yeah, I told, I told all my critics, call me up. I'll send you a seed. Praise be to God. Yeah, why? Because I'm going to stay, but I'm going to keep my heart right. Because all this stuff's trying to come and get you offended. And, and let me tell you, if you easily offended, you got trouble in the kingdom. Because the devil works on people's mind and you don't even know. Come on, man, don't go to getting offended. Offense comes for the word's sake. All right, we're done. Thy Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in the storehouse, and you set your hand, and guess what? The Lord shall cause your enemies, what? He's going to get your enemies to fall before your face, and he's going to command the blessing upon your house, your bank, everything you set your hand to. I didn't say it. He said it. Now you got to put faith in it. I'm going to put faith. Now after this message you leave here, you got to put faith in it. I let it loose. You can play wherever plays. I let it loose. Now it's up to you what you're going to do. It. I don't know that preacher. Tell the truth. Who, who, does somebody play the keyboard? Yeah, no, I wasn't being, I don't know. I just figured soft music would be nice and then pastor's going to come. I need you to get in an atmosphere. How many of you believe this today? Amen. You might not see it right now, but you start believing it, you're going to start seeing it. Ooh, I'm pulling that in, man. I got a favor on the job. He said everything you touch. So you need to go start that business. I'm not playing with you, man. Go get with pastor. Start that business. Get in there. Make God your partner. Put these guys on board with you there. Put them on the board. I'm not kidding, man. I got guys right now. They, well, I told them, I said, put me on board and let's go. You'll make more money ever seen in your life. I got one call me up. He'll make more money ever seen in his life. I said, yeah, because the kingdom's got to grow. And he's just looking for people to raise up. And people see, this is what happens with church. God needs this vision to touch Sacramento and then touch California and then touch the world. You know how many millions of dollars you're going to need to do this? So you know what God does? 
somebody rise something up in here and I'll bless it just so they can stay connected and don't get offended and stay close to them because offense could be the greatest wedge between you and your pastor. You know, oh, let me give you this, okay? This helps you. Write this down for everybody close. My gift and their gift is your reward. Their humanity is your test. You remember that. You people close. My gift is your reward. My humanity is your test. Let me see if you can pass through my humanity. Following my gift is simple. My humanity is going to be your challenge. Because that's when you're going to see my flaws. And everybody's cute with following your spirituality, but once they see your humanity, they think second thoughts about what they're doing. That's your great. But here's, I got news for you. My spiritual side has never been your test from God. My spiritual side is your reward. But my personal side, that's your test, baby. And God was, and let me tell you something, it ain't that big a deal. You curse your life disconnected from the people you need to be connected to. And you ain't no, and let me tell you another thing too. I'll bet my life on it. I'll bet my life on it. I'll bet my life on it. Those people will never, never achieve what God had planned for their life because the minute you come away from your assignment you just go lateral forever you never go forward but movement doesn't mean growth it means you're just bouncing off walls and don't know it I promise you I'm true I know what I'm doing why because look at Hem Shem and Japheth find what know his nakedness and think it's cute to run around and what does he do he thinks it's funny to go and say dad's naked in a tent but Shem right up they walked in and he said you'll be burnt you'll be cursed like Cana for the rest of your life the lineage of Cain the curses on him from one mistake with something anointing that's why I don't expose nothing just bury it spirituality is the gift the humanity is the test so that's why you don't get offended but God's waiting for you guys to rise up start it go see them make sure it's cool make sure the green light's there and do it when you do it God will prosper it why because he's going to need kingdom minded people within this organization to rise up and be the financiers of what's going on so guess what you're hardwired to be blessed whether you want to be blessed or not because guess what the house is going to make you blessed isn't that something there right there amen pastor Serge is going to come you get something today you're going to walk in the blessing. You're going to walk in the favor. Come on, give him some praise. Amen. God is good, ain't he? Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the App Store. And you can continue to get word every week from Elevate Life Church.